In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dear faithful, let us imagine that you are saying your your daily morning prayers one day, and suddenly a bright light fills the whole room. You shield your eyes from the aura, the light dims, and you see standing before you our Lord. Immediately you fall to your knees, and adoring you profess your love for him. Our Lord smiles and holds forth to you a beautiful book bound in precious leather and gold. He says to you, I give you this book of prayer written by the Holy Ghost, which I offer up to my eternal Father at every moment. It is full of prayers that I wish you to learn and to say with me. You accept the book joyfully and gratefully, and the vision disappears. Taking a look at the gifted volume, you read on it, Missale Romanum, the Roman Missal. Yes, dear faithful, the Roman Missal, the book that holds the liturgical text of the prayer of Holy Mother Church, is for us a book of prayers as well. Its composition over the course of many centuries was guided and inspired by the Holy Ghost. We can and should, therefore, look to it often, weekly, at each Sunday Mass, for our own spiritual and doctrinal nourishment. The propers, or the variable parts of each Holy Mass, provide us with the different mysteries of our faith, drawn from sacred scripture and tradition that we are to contemplate. They provide us also with the objects of our prayer. They show us what we should ask for. With this in mind, let us examine this Sunday's collect and observe what the Holy Ghost, its divine author, inspires us to ask for. O God of hosts, we read, to whom all that is best doth belong, graft in our hearts the love of thy name and grant us an increase of true religion that thou mayest foster what is good, and with tender zeal guard what thou hast fostered. We ask for a love of God's name and an increase of true religion. What is true religion? The The true religion is, of course, the Holy Catholic faith, which we, united to Holy Mother Church, are blessed to profess, the only true faith which was revealed by Jesus Christ, our Lord and the Son of God, and the belief in which is the only means of salvation. When we ask for an increase in this true religion, we ask for the spread of the Catholic faith, that all in our country and in the whole world might come to the knowledge and belief of these saving truths in the bosom of Holy Mother the Church. But religion is also a virtue, as St. Thomas Aquinas teaches us. Religion is a moral virtue whose purpose is to render to God the worship due to him as the source of all being and the giver of all good things. It is a part of the cardinal virtue of justice by which we render to each his due. Because God is our creator, our first beginning and our last end, from whom all good things come, we owe him we owe him all that we have and all that we are. We owe him our existence, our souls, our bodies, and all of our spiritual and material blessings. For this reason, we have a strict obligation to acknowledge our strict and absolute dependence upon him through acts of our reason and our will, those powers which make us rational beings and which distinguish us from the animals. Not only is this virtue a necessary obligation of man to fulfill in view of the due that he has towards his creator, but it is also necessary for his happiness. For as Dom Guéranger writes, all the truth, all the goodness, All the beauty of created things is incapable of satisfying any single soul. It must have God. So long as man does not understand this, everything good or true that his senses and his reason can provide him with, 
so far from being able to satiate him, is ordinarily nothing more than a distraction from the one object that can make him the happy being he was created to be, and a hindrance to his living the true life which God willed him to attain. Religion, as St. Thomas points out, is a moral virtue and therefore not as sublime as the theological virtues of faith, hope, and charity, which unite us directly to God as their object. It does, however, render due honor to God as its indirect object, and for that reason is to be preferred to all other virtues that are not theological. We should therefore, dear faithful, seek to grow in this virtue, because after the virtues of faith, hope, and charity, it is the worthiest and most essential for our lives. This virtue can help us to ordain all of the acts of our lives to God's honor and glory, and thus make our lives one continual oblation of love offered up to Him, thus imitating the life of our Savior and that of His Most Blessed Mother. In this case, religion is known as sanctity or holiness. Holiness is the life that each one of us is called to, no exceptions. No Christian is exempt from the calling which God holds out to us. How then can we grow in this important virtue in our lives? This can be obtained through our faithful accomplishment of the different acts of this virtue, both interior and exterior. The interior acts are twofold, devotion and prayer. Devotion, St. Thomas tells us, is a special interior act of the will and is apparently nothing else but the will to give oneself readily to the things concerning the service of God. Wherefore, it is written in the book of Exodus that the multitude of the children of Israel offered the first fruits to the Lord with a most ready and devout mind. This is one of the qualities, devotion, of a soul that St. Francis of Sales sought to inculcate in the most in his disciples. And among the effects of devotion, the first act of religion, St. Thomas numbers joy. Yes, dear faithful, the only truly joyful life here below is one of devotion. The second interior act of religion and the means by which we grow in the virtue of religion is, of course, that of prayer. Prayer, which is the raising of our minds to God. Prayer, the infallible means of growing closer to God and of discerning and accomplishing His holy will. Prayer, which our Lord taught us to do in the Our Father and to which we should return each day, meditating upon each of the seven petitions contained therein. The exercise and excuse me, the exterior acts of the virtue of religion, after talking about these interior acts, uh, the exterior acts of the virtue of religion by which we honor God are first of all those bodily movements such as the inclination of the head, genuflection, and kneeling by which we conform our body to the adoration of God that our will, our interior will, expresses. Because we are a body-soul composite, both parts of our being must act in unison. The second type of external acts of religion is that of sacrifice, including all the sacrifices that we daily make in honor of our God, personal mortification, almsgiving, and all united to the real and unique sacrifice of our Lord on the cross, renewed each day at Holy Mass. Lastly, we practice the virtue of religion exteriorly by honoring God's holy name through prayer and praise and respectful use. Dear faithful, let us then pray with Holy Mother Church on the sixth Sunday of Pentecost. O God, graft in our hearts the love of thy name and grant us an increase of true religion that thou mayest foster what is good and with tender zeal guard what thou hast fostered. Amen.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.